Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You are immersed in the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ, broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com. Hit us up on that text line, 704-570-9610. Hit up the socials. We got our question of the day on there. Newly birthed today. Question of the day on the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram and the Wesson Walker Show page on Twitter. Hit up HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram. Should I even say threads anymore? I don't know. I don't think so. All right. West Brian underscore 72 on Twitter and Instagram. Same with at Walker Mail and Madden 24 today released ratings for the offensive linemen and the little thought of running backs. Uh, came out today as well. Just to give you a quick rundown of the top five running backs, Nick Chubb came in at a 97, the highest rated on the game. Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, and Saquon Barkley round out your top five. I'm surprised to see Nick Chubb number one. I'm not saying that I completely disagree with it. Mm -hmm. I'm just surprised because I feel like Christian McCaffrey gets more fanfare. Same thing with Derek Henry. I think we would call both of those guys better when they're on the field than Nick Chubb, I think. I know Nick Chubb is maybe the best rusher of the football alongside Derrick Henry. But then when you start to incorporate the passing game, that's when Eckler, Kamara, certainly McCaffrey starts to enter the picture. I just wouldn't have expected Madden to give Nick Chubb the number one running back rating. Are you as surprised as I am? Uh, I'm not surprised, man. He is a absolute donkey out there on the field, as we used to say back in the day. Uh, he is off the chain, so I'm not surprised by that, man. Okay. He might be the best pure runner uh, in the league, man. He's fantastic. And in the offensive line, top five, Zach Martin was number one. He joins the 99 club along with Aaron Donald. And Justin Jefferson, and then my boy Trent Williams was 98. Lane Johnson, Laramie Tunsil, and Chris Lindstrom round out the top five offensive linemen. But that is not important. What is important is for Walker Mail to see. Yesterday, you had a little bit of a rough outing, but... I think that's a little harsh, but okay. I said you had a little bit of a rough outing. <laughs> so let's see if you can fare better today okay. as we'll hit on some of the key players. Because I'm going to add a couple of offensive linemen because there were some guys with some decent grades in there. Just a couple. All right, throw them at me. All right, so let's start out first with running back Miles Sanders. What okay. did he get from EA Sports? All right, so if I feel like these running backs are getting favorable grades, maybe owners don't want to pay them, but it does feel like the Madden <laughs> rating crew is giving them some pretty decent ratings here. I don't think Miles Sanders is going to be in the 90 club. So I'm going to roll with, um, after a career year rushing last season, give me 80... Seven. 87. That's oh, what I'm locking at. I thought you were almost going to be close. You off by one point. Walker Mail, Miles Sanders had an 86. So nicely done. No, you were in the neighborhood okay. when you said. I thought about going. I six. thought it was going to be 86. All right. So uh, next up on the list, Iki Aquanu. What yeah. did the Madden folks give him? Yeah, this seems hard for me, too. Yeah. Because he was pretty good last year, right? 
I mean, he was pretty solid. I had a solid rookie campaign. Even if you don't account for him being a rookie, would you say that he was a a good left tackle? Maybe above average? He was solid, yes. Okay. So if that's the case, maybe right. I'm trying to think if he breaks the 80 club. I'm going to give it to him, at least Walker Mail. He's going to give him an 80 right on the dot. Right on the zero. dot. That's Man, my rating. you are close, but no cigar today. <laughs> You're right there, though. 79. I thought that was a little low for him, too. I would have thought maybe an 80, 82 okay. for Ike Aquino. So I'm with you. I thought that two he points should have combined. broken. All right. Uh, Taylor Moten. What did Ooh. Taylor Moten get? He should be higher. I like Taylor Moten a lot. 84 for Taylor Moten. Right on the money, Walker yeah. Mail. You got it. 84 is the great. Also, notably uh, for Iki Aquanu that I want to point out, his speed, he got a 75. That's one of the fastest offensive linemen I've probably ever heard of uh, on a video game. That's too big to be running that fast. Right. All right. Lastly, uh, Austin Corbett. What did he get from the EA Sports folks? All right. This one's weird, too, because I wonder if he's more highly thought of because he did come from a Super Bowl winning team like the Rams. I don't think he's going to be as good as Taylor Moten. Give him an 83 grade, just a tick below Taylor Moten. 83. Lock it in. You got it wrong. <clears throat> but uh, how Austin Corbett did break the 80 code, though. He was 80. Right on the nose. He got that Jerry Rice. He got so, an 80 overall. That's as uh, <laughs> that's as far as I've been. That was three. I was off yeah, by three. The other ones you were yesterday. dead. You were right. right in the ballpark. All right. You know, I feel good. I only got one right, but that's okay. I had feel like I had a pretty good showing. My man 704 at a 704 number said that Trent Williams not being a 99 is a joke, but he said he didn't want to give me any bones when it comes to the Niners. But I see it, baby. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> and I agree with you 100%. How Nick Bosa or Trent Williams didn't get a 99 uh, is beyond me. So we also had a raging debate, our question of the day on social media. And we were talking about earlier quarterbacks that you would trade 10 draft selections for. And then that led us into a good debate about Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. But it started with us talking about that. Fitty listed off his quarterbacks to us that he would or would not give. 10 draft choices for. I said in my book, it was only Patrick Mahomes for me. And you, Walker Mail, said. I think it was only Pat Mahomes, too. But it was just interesting during the break when when Fiddy, man, he was like a bloodhound. He got on the scent of a topic. He's like, yeah, maybe I like this. Let's talk about this later on. I'm ready. I'm ready to roll with this. And then he had a few more quarterbacks than we did. I'm looking at all the teams. I think Pat Mahomes is the only guy that I absolutely would not trade for if I even got 10 first-round picks in return. I don't know. Joe Burrow's close. I love Justin Herbert. I, I, I do, he, too. He'd be I'm close. with you 100%. I'm not doing it. Jalen Hurts probably has to do it for a second year before we talk about him, right? I mean, he's in the realm of conversation, but I'd still trade him for 10 first-round picks. Fiddy, who all, who all do you have in that category? Quarterbacks that you are not trading, even if it meant you would get 10 first-round picks in return. Yeah, I mean, obviously Mahomes leads it off because he's like, you know, he's the baby goat uh, right now of the quarterback position in the history of the league. For me, Joe Burrow's in that conversation. He's taken uh, Cincinnati to back-to-back AFC title games, took him to a Super Bowl. He also beat Mahomes three straight years. So I think, you know, he, he's a lot more closer than we want to realize and then I put the caveat that it would be after this year. For me, 
I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be in that conversation. He's already taken Jacksonville to the postseason, won a playoff game last year. They were competitive on the road last year in Kansas City. They were. I mean, I think Jacksonville is going to win the AFC South again this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a divisional round playoff appearance for the second straight year. And depending on the format, I would not rule him and Doug Peterson getting Jacksonville to the AFC title game. I could agree with that. I, I I think Trevor Lawrence is on the right trajectory. He's he's right in the ballpark for me, and people know how I feel about Trevor Lawrence. So as far as giving up 10 draft picks, man, Fiddy, I, I feel like in retrospect, I just might have to agree with you, and I think I'm going to add Justin Herbert to that list too. I feel like if these guys were the quarterbacks of my 49ers right now and these guys have such a bright future and yeah. a long future ahead of them, no, I, I probably would not because well, it's so hard to get that guy. Well, because the idea is that in one of those first-round picks – then you're going to get that guy, right? Like, that's the hope. And then you have an embarrassment of riches to address some of these other positions. Wolfpack James says, y'all are crazy. I'll trade anybody for 10 first-round picks. I'm not doing that with Pat Mahomes, man. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. We could be watching the best quarterback of all time at the age of, I think, 27 is when we saw him turn 27. We they, we saw the birthday celebration in the quarterback uh, documentary that yes. you can watch on Netflix. I'm not trading Pat Mahomes for 10, but that's the question. I, I wonder, the other question that we had talking about this similar thing, would you endure 10 years of pain, zero playoff appearances, missed enough draft picks to the point where you don't get to the playoffs, if it meant after that 10 years, you would get somebody in the realm we're talking about, like Justin Herbert, like Pat Mahomes. You thought it was a consensus. Everybody would deal with it. A couple people said no, but I wonder if that is true. Like, how many people would endure 10 years of pain if it meant Pat Mahomes is on the other side of the suffering? Yeah, because being a fan, it's up and down anyway, and so you're going to endure some heartache and pain now you may cheer for some of the organizations that don't have uh long breaks from the postseason but i just feel like if you know you're going to get one of those guys especially when you're looking at a guy like mahomes that i would think could probably stand to play 15 years maybe maybe more and out of those 15 seasons let's just say 15 for a nice round number i mean you're gonna be in the mix pretty much every year for those 15 years. I would trade that in a heartbeat to go a decade and a half of feeling like my team is in it every single season for 10 years of heartbreak. Well, and Panther fans, we're not quite there yet. If you were to go another year without making the playoffs, then you would tie the longest playoff drought in Panthers franchise history. The longest drought right now, that belongs to the 97-02 stretch, and then the year they make the playoffs, they go all the way to the Super Bowl that following season. We're at five years having not been to the postseason so far yet, if you're a Panther fan. Third, fourth, third, fourth uh, finishes in the division. Second of four last season, but the division was so bad that nobody was going to get there um, unless you won the division. So, yeah, like, can you endure five more years of what you've seen? Like, that's the thing. Can you go five more years having only won just five games in the regular season? Let's go to the text line, 704-570-9610. 704 said no, 10 years, that man is on his way out. I don't know what that means. I think uh, he's trying to say in 10 years, Patrick Mahomes going to retire. Oh, 10 years, he's still going to be playing. Yeah, he's 27. I mean, yeah, we, we see quarterbacks uh, play that long all the time. 704, if he could reproduce the success he had anywhere, the only player worth 10 first-round draft picks would have been Tom Brady. Queso uh, Gatto, the cheese cat, said, so <laughs> for valuing Mahomes at 10 picks, would you take the flip side? Would you give up 10 picks to go get him? Yes. yes. 
<laughs> yeah, in unison. Fitty, we're not crazy, right? You agree with us here. I would trade my family to go get Patrick Mahomes on the Cowboys. Yeah. Like, like 10 draft picks? I don't give a damn about that. Like, I want to... Like, uh, there's I'd trade my family. There's nothing you would do that would stand in the way of winning championships, especially if you're a fan of a team like me that's in a drought, the Panthers never having won one. Like that, like that would not deter you if you're getting Patrick Mahomes type quarterback play. So some people want some guarantee here. So Buck Nation said only if you can guarantee a Super Bowl win. But even without the guarantee, I'm doing it because yeah. you have to imagine there, there's a couple. Pat Mahomes has already won two, and he yeah. doesn't get anywhere less than an AFC Championship game. Yeah, let's add to it and just say you would have the type of success that the Chiefs have been having, where you're talking about Super Bowl championships, AFC Championship game appearances or whichever conference your team is in, championship game appearances, like you would be in the mix winning Super Bowls for the better half of a decade and a half. Now, here's, better part. here's a good one from Michael from Knoxville. You're going to be able to relate to this one more than I am. Ten years of pain is basically the entire time I would be taking my kids to a game. No way I would do it. It's a good point. <laughs> Because let's say by the time your kid is able to understand, appreciate, gravitate towards sports, at my age, I was like seven when I truly got in and knew the players and recognized what I was watching. So then all the way up until 17 and you don't have that experience of any success whatsoever, that would be an interesting thing. Now, I do think we can go to Cubs fans for, for you know, some experience here. Cubs fans went over 100 years. You had great-grandparents taking their great-grandkids to games without a championship under your belt. That's pretty frustrating. They would still get to the postseason, though. What do you make of Michael from Knoxville's comment? Like, So if, if, you, if you weren't able to take your kid to your favorite team's games and you didn't have any – you had zero success when you were doing that throughout his childhood – then is that something to think about for you? Uh, no, not at all, because I know what's coming. <laughs> if I know that there's going to be just crazy success on the way, I just tell him, I say, hey, son. Sorry, kid. This is a, a, a life lesson, okay? <laughs> it may not be good now, but it's going to get greater later. I like the fact that Fitty said he would trade his family, and Wes is willing to trade his kids' team's success for 10 years in order to get Pat Mahomes on the other side. This is how ruthless you got to be if you want that success. <laughs> I love it. I love every no, bit of it. No question about it, man. And I also like that uh, Sunday night football best non-quarterback of the 21st century bracket. We can maybe get to that before the show is out today. So that's pretty cool as well. But when we come back, we're going to have Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer joining us on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Yeah. 
plenty going on in the Queen City. Sports-wise, we have the Carolina Panthers reporting for training camp. Rookies on Saturday, vets on Tuesday, and then practice starts a week from today. But also, we've had a couple of press conferences back-to-back with the Charlotte Hornets. It was Miles Bridges speaking for the first time publicly since he pled no contest in a felony domestic violence charge. And we also got LaMelo Ball speaking today after he signed his rookie max extension. There's a lot going on. And when there's a lot going on in the Queen City, I don't know who better to bring on than Scott Fowler, columnist, Charlotte Observer. You can find him on Twitter, at Scott underscore Fowler. Also host of the Sports Legends of the Carolinas podcast. You can find it in written form as well on the Charlotte Observer. All right, I think that covers it. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate it. There's a lot to get to. I did want to lead off with the Miles Bridges press conference yesterday. Everybody can go check out your thoughts as well in an article that you wrote on the Charlotte Observer. Again, follow Scott on Twitter at Scott underscore Fowler. Scott, what do you think Miles Bridges accomplished during his press conference, if anything? Well, uh, you know, I give them some credit, Miles and the Hornets for doing this at all, they could have slow played it and and not even made him available to the media until say September when training camp started and then, or just stuck on a written statement. He did answer questions. Uh, He answered questions until there were no more questions. So what he got accomplished? Well, he publicly apologized. Uh, You saw him actually do it. Uh, He did not offer a lot of specifics, but I would say he, you know, in some ways ripped the Band-Aid off. Uh, That needed to happen. It was just a matter of when. Scott, I was also, we talked about it yesterday, of course. He absolutely apologized. There wasn't a lot of specifics. That's something I was a little disappointed in. I'm not saying that I was surprised, but I was a little disappointed in the lack of specificity. Like Mitch Kupchak wouldn't give you details on the investigation. That can often be problematic. Miles Bridges did talk about therapy, but he didn't really specify as to how he hopes to be a better man and a more trustworthy player and and member of the Charlotte Hornets. Were you surprised or disappointed about the lack of details that we got? Well, I would have liked to have some more. Some of those uh, you're mentioning were questions I asked specifically. And right. and I think they could have gone a little further on that, uh, a few more specifics. I, I will say, you know, Miles Bridges probably stuck to the script that he went in there with, which was we're going to, you know, uh, I'm going to apologize for the pain and embarrassment I've caused, which, you know, I mean, that's not nothing to say that is uh, publicly is probably embarrassing uh, and, you know, deservedly so. I wish he had offered a few more specifics, but I think they were being very careful. Scott, uh, going over to the Carolina Panthers and training camp is right around the corner. What's your number one storyline as they enter training camp? Well, (laughs) I think you got to put Bryce Young on the pedestal there, uh, Wes, and then after that, it's uh, everything else. And so I think, you know, we're, we're going to swarm the Bryce Young story, as I'm sure many media outlets uh, will, but we're going to have multiple people down there every day and, and a lot of eyes uh, glued to, to Bryce Young. You know, beyond that, I think who's going to be his primary target as a wide receiver. And I know they want Hayden Hurst to work out at tight end. Frank Reich uses the tight end a lot. Uh, you know, there's a lot of auxiliary storylines who's going to rush the passer besides Brian Burns. But 
far and away, it's Bryce Young. And then, Scott, playing off of Bryce Young as well, his contract's not done. Brian Burns, they've extended an offer. That's yet to be signed. What do you make of those two situations, and which one do you think could be done first before training camp? I would guess probably Bryce Young's because there's just not much wiggle room in that. I mean, with the the rookie scale now, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of things you can do, but it's it's not like you can give the guy the moon. I mean, it's just it's just slotted. It's going to be what it's going to be. So I'm not even quite sure why he hasn't signed it yet, honestly. But I would expect that to happen before training camp. Brian Burns, I mean. They want him. He wants to be here, but money-wise, uh, that could be a little bit more problematic. I don't expect Brian Burns to hold out or anything, but uh, you know, it, it hasn't happened yet, and that's you know, that's probably because they're asking for a very big number, and as, as well, they probably should. Well, and Scott, we can go back to a year ago. It was pretty bleak. I know a lot of people wanted Matt Rule fired. Eventually, he would be after just five games into the next season. But, man, things have changed drastically. Now a lot of people are very high on what the Panthers did this offseason. I know I am very happy with what they did. Do you expect with that pride that this could be the busiest training camp that you've been to? Like, so What's the busiest training camp you've ever attended, and could this one rival it? Mm, busiest, maybe, you know, one of the cam years, probably, I mean, uh, there was, you know, hard to say which one, but, uh, the 2015 one where cam and Josh Norman got into a brawl, uh, you know, was probably the biggest news story I've ever seen at a, at a training camp, uh, live. I mean, that happened about 10 yards in front of me. But in terms of, you know, this team doesn't have the star power as, as those teams with Cam and Luke and Thomas Davis and Olsen did. Uh, but it does have, I would say, you know, it's, it, you'd have to reach back at least into the Rivera era. I mean, the Matt Rule teams were very uh, star power deficient. And so this one has more of that. So I think, you know, the biggest one at least in several years. That is the voice of Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Again, follow him on Twitter at Scott underscore Fowler. Also host of the Sports Legends of the Carolina podcast. You can see the written version as well on Charlotte Observer. And that's exactly where I want to go next, Scott, because you had a pretty fascinating conversation with Armani Edwards. Definitely a Carolina legend, no doubt about it, after what he did with Appalachian State. Also, the reason it was fascinating, I feel like we learned a lot. This is one where we learned stuff that maybe even the diehard App State fans didn't know about his run with the Mountaineers and even during his time with Carolina. What's one of the more surprising things you learned about Armani Edwards and his run here in the Carolinas? Yeah, um, thank you for mentioning that. Uh, We've done about 30 of these uh, sports legends interviews, and that one to me was one of the most fascinating because Armani, who I would argue might be the best college quarterback ever uh, in the state of North Carolina, I don't mean as a pro necessarily, but I mean in what he did. I mean, two national championships, two-time national player of the year at the FCS level, unbelievable. But I guess what I was you know, most surprised at really was the way he described the end of his tenure with the Panthers, and his, you know, he was, he was very honest. He thought it was a 100% a Dave Gettleman decision. He told that story uh, 
very honestly, I'd, I'd refer you back to, you can find it on charlotteobserver.com or on the podcast, but he said it left a sour taste in his mouth, and it uh, after you listened to it, uh, you could understand why. I mean, it was a it was not at all <laughs> an easy parting uh, by Armani's standards, and Armani is a very calm person, so it's not too often he gets uh, he gets upset, and he was obviously upset at how it ended here. Yeah, and Scott, getting into that piece, uh, it was very, very much a, a great piece. And so when you look at that, do you feel like that it reflected bad on Carolina? Because talking about how he was only drafted to put butts in seats and how he wasn't coached properly at the wide receiver position and they, the, the regime before that, uh, they were coaching up the guys that they knew would play, and then Rivera comes in and, and things got a little bit better. Uh, but on that previous regime under John Fox, do you think that really reflected bad on them as a staff and then the organization as well? Well, you know, it's one man's opinion with Armani. I mean, he's he's giving his uh, side of the story there for sure. I'm sure, uh, you know, the people at that time, that I mean, Marty Herney drafted him and wanted him to be a star, but uh, it certainly didn't work out. But, yeah. Uh, sure. I thought it did not reflect very well on the, on the Panthers and, and how they handled the whole situation, and particularly uh, how Gettleman handled his uh, release. You know, the way Armani described that story in pretty granular detail. Uh, I did text with Dave Gettleman and, you know, tell him this was coming out, and he texted back, a very gracious text back, said, you know, thank you for offering, offering me this opportunity, but I'm going to decline comment. So, he did not want to get into it. And Dave Gettleman, since he's retired, really, has not done uh, many interviews. I will say of Dave Gettleman, you know, he built what I believe was the best Panther team ever, that 2015 team. Uh, but, you know, there there's some bumps along the way. And he's a he's a blunt guy. And the way Armani described it, I'm sure, is, is uh, the way that Armani perceived that it happened because he's a very honest person. And then looking back, all the things that you talked about with him with the Michigan upset, how do you view that upset today uh, as you sit there and look at this App State program? Do you still feel that it is arguably the greatest upset in college football history? I do. I do. Um, You know, I had a cause to look back at that since I was um, doing this story. And 16 years later, I mean, I think it still holds up. I mean, there have been other FCS teams that have beaten uh, you know, powerhouses happens a couple of times every year in the in the early, and it's always compared though to this one. I think in a way, it's like uh, when Shamanad beat Virginia in basketball when Ralph Sampson was at Virginia. I mean, I think this is one, and we still mention that sometimes as old timers anyway. Not you, young guys, but maybe you guys too. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we still mention that Virginia upset as one of the greatest in college basketball history, probably only surpassed by the uh, NCAA tournament loss Virginia had uh, under Tony Bennett here many years later. But I think this one we'll be talking about in 20 more years. You know, we'll say, oh, yeah, but was it as good as App State over Michigan? You know, that that was that was really uh, kind of a bell cow, I think, for college football upsets. Scott, how would you say Armani's doing now after your conversation with him in the, uh, you know, unfortunate end with his uh, Carolina Panthers tenure? Seemed uh seemed happy to me. Um, you know, he's got two children, uh, he and his wife, very involved in their lives. They live in Charlotte, which, you know, I had not even realized until we did this interview. We did this interview in our own podcast studio at the Charlotte Observer. I thought I was gonna go to Boone, but uh, no, he they live here and you know, his his 
Canadian Football League career was much more successful than than his NFL career. Won a championship there. Had several years around a thousand receiving yards. So, and you know, seems to have found a, a niche. You know, I hope I think in the business world, he's you know kind of a. I don't I don't understand all the financial stuff exactly, but he does a lot of uh, trading uh, financially and. That's you know kind of what he's doing. He got his degree in three and a half years, I and mean, he's a smart guy. Uh, so I think I think he's doing well. Well, and, and last question before we get you out of here, Scott. You just released a new episode of Sports Legends of the Carolinas. This time you got Chris Paul. I mean, you're getting some great guests on these things. What can people expect in this interview and podcast with the point god, as people like to call him? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, Chris Paul was a was another really fun one. Uh, he. We spoke to him in uh, partly in Winston Salem. He was there. He's got a new book. I should mention that was you know it's good, uh, and that's part of the you know we part of the reason probably he was able to give me as much time as he did. Uh, but it's about his the book, and a lot of the interview is honestly about his grandfather's murder in 2002 when he was tragically uh, killed uh, in Winston Salem, and he's a big part of Chris Paul's life even today. Also talk some about the trade to Golden State, uh, some of his great days at Wake Forest. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun to uh, to talk to CP3. It's a really good get, especially right now with Chris Paul changing teams and really crossing enemy lines, going to Golden State. And so you can check that out <laughs> on uh, Scott Fowler's Twitter feed. Put that out there, Scott underscore Fowler, written version and podcast version of Sports Legends of the Carolinas. Scott, it's always a great time. Thank you so much for talking various topics with us. Thanks, Scott. All right. Thank you, guys. Love your show. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Thanks a ton. He said that twice now, and it hits different both times. Hey, man. Both times. When Scott Fowler likes your show, you're doing something well, man. We out here. That guy is talking to a bunch of... <laughs> I mean, that's pretty crazy. The, the Armani Edwards, I really do strongly endorse everybody going that's over a good to read. take... Because you do learn a lot. I don't want to give everything up, too, right? I know Scott was a little bit hesitant to do that as well, deservedly so. We want the clicks. We want you to go check out his hard work. But you should do that with Armani, with the ending that happened in Carolina. You learn something new about the upset. You learn a couple of things differently about the upset that took place in Ann Arbor, about the final play calls and Armani's experiences riding on planes. So go check that out as well as this Chris uh, Paul one. I, I haven't read that one yet. Will do, though. So this should be a lot of fun. All right, let's go over to Fitty with the last flash of the day. What you got, Fitty? It's all right to be a little fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little fitty. Wow. Wes and I were talking about this in a break not too long ago, but Cowboys uh, six-time All-Pro offensive lineman and captain Zach Martin is considering not reporting to camp due to unhappiness with his contract. And Dallas's lack of interest in restructuring uh, restructuring it, according to Adam Schefter, Martin is scheduled to make $7 million less than Chris Lindstrom of Atlanta and Quentin Nelson of Indianapolis, as they make about on average $20 million per year. I'm not one that really advocates or, or get happy when I see players sit out. This is deserved. You're the I, best yeah. offensive guard I've ever seen play. You're the best guard in football. 
The Cowboys need to give him his damn money. Yeah, well, this is one of those where when you are the best at your position, unless you are willingly sacrificing some money in order for your team to help pay for different positions, then you're going to have to try to restructure this thing every so couple years because of the way that inflation works and these guys' contracts end. And then all of a sudden, you're paid like the best player at your spot until these young bucks like Chris Lindstrom get more money despite not being as good as you. So there's a very select few that have those gripes, I would imagine you agree that Zach Martin is one of them. Well, just to give Fiddy a quick dig, PFF did have Zach Martin as the ninth-rated guard last year with a 72 grade behind Chris Lidstrom, who had a 95. He's passed him, Fiddy. But yeah, according to some geek in their mom's face. Uh, yeah, basement. right. Other than, that, other than that, though, man, I do think he deserves to be paid, and uh, they must feel about him like Walker does about offensive linemen, too. So that's probably why they hadn't paid him yet. Wait, which one do I hate more, running backs or offensive linemen i'd probably go running backs first and then offensive line i don't even hate running backs man just a hater i i just apparently hater mail hater radio that's what that's how i roll (laughs) that doesn't make any sense (laughs) you're (laughs) sipping on the hater aid that's what you're doing all right we have one more segment to go it's coming up next on wesson walker some hater radio sports radio 92.7 wfnz McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. metal this time <laughs> this is the second time we've gone to some headbanging music after that soundbite that was playing in the background of paul feinbaum yeah you wanted to bring it back fitty are you uh, a secret headbanger that's my guy man that's the cody rhodes anthem from wwe man one of my favorite wrestlers this is the background for that that's his entrance song i didn't know that they get lit too when it, this comes on is that so this is your song still yeah yeah okay yeah, so you yeah. put this I in there i thought fitty might have had the hand in oh nah, man that was me when did actors start getting walk-up music <laughs> <laughs> I, I told Fiddy, I, I watched the, the, the wrestling uh, documentary on Apple TV, and it's about a school of uh, wrestlers, and this guy's put like one to two guys in one of the major promotions every single year. But just to see that grind and hear their stories, and I told, told Walker about a week ago, I said, I would love to see uh, both of you guys in that, man. And just go in there and call them actors first and then go through the workout. And I just love to see Fiddy just throw up all over the ring, get slammed, <laughs> just be dying off, off of every single drill that they're doing. Look, I'm telling you right now. I would get beat down by those dudes. There's no doubt. I have no problem. But the workouts that. are crazy too, though. Oh no, I I get it. I know the workouts are crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, totally I've, get it. I've been told it's exhausting jumping off trampolines <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, there's no trampolines <laughs> at all. If, but you say that. But Fiddy, it, it actually is. I bet it is exhausting jumping off trampolines, and that's not exactly what they do. I'm not trying to disrespect the hustle. 
I just don't think it's a sport. That's my only thing. That's feel like that's fair. But I can see what you're saying as far as the aspect of it being predetermined. I mean, I can respect that. That's fair. That's a fair point. Mm -hmm. But Um, other than that, all the other aspects, (laughs) no joke. 980 said, someone needs to show you what heavy metal is if that's what you think it was. I mean, yeah, it's not heavy metal, but it's... Oh, it's rock, right? Yeah. Like, what would you describe that as? Yeah, no doubt. I'm with you. Heavy metal. Fitty, help me out. What do you think? Yeah, I mean... It's not heavy metal, I guess. It's not corn. Yeah, it's not like you're going to do screamo music or whatever, but like it mm-hmm. definitely... I mean, you had like your punk rock face. You had your fingers mm-hmm. going. Yeah. You look like someone out of the Kiss band. So like, you know, I felt the heavy, the, the heavy metal vibes. Did you ever get in a punk rock face? Wes, did you ever get on that? Because I know you always like to say, don't get it twisted. I know every genre yeah, I do. of music. I, I mean, I like the rock star vibes, though, whether you talk about the the distressed jeans and the the the, the <laughs> hair and the swag that they have and the screaming and yelling and all that. I, I enjoy that. What about you, Fiddy? Did you ever get in that phase? I mean, I had a phase in seventh grade when I got when I when I fell in love with classic rock. I was a big ACDC guy. Me, Flounder, and some other middle school buddies at the time. We went through like a four-month stage. We did not grow our – we did not get our haircuts. A four-month stage? Yeah, and this was back, you know, when I had hair. So, like, it was pretty long, stringy, greasy looking. But that was like the extent of it. Then I got forced to get a haircut, and I never went back. I would love to hear those conversations at the lunch table now between – Punk rock flounder, punk rock fitty, <laughs> them growing their hair out, wearing black t-shirts, being rebels. What were those conversations like? It was a battlefield, man. Because like as much <laughs> as we were, we were, we were good friends. There was like I think five or six of us in our group. I mean, it was just insults left and right. That's how I learned to defend myself. Nothing and I learned, changed now. And I learned so many cuss words in seventh grade that I still use today. <laughs> what a time. Mm-hmm. That is so. You started cussing in middle school. Yeah, it was like or seventh grade was like whenever it really became a thing. We went to a buddy's house, and his mom like encouraged us to create new words. And so we're sitting around a campfire, like making s'mores, just inventing cuss words that don't make any sense. And that's what we did for fun, mm-hmm. which is why I didn't have a girlfriend in seventh grade. I was a loser. I don't know when I started cussing probably around middle school. See, my mom didn't really care at all, but I still felt it was a little weird to curse in front of her. And so in high school is when I was okay. I would explore a little bit. I'd, I'd throw the D word out there and then every once in a while I'll curse and then it just let it fly by the time I was probably like junior in high school. I mean, as a kid, that was never the case. Uh, <laughs> I didn't start until I was an adult and I just kind of do it now because my mom thinks some of the things I say is funny and I'll put a curse on in there just to make it funny. But just for the most part, the only time I really let them go is if I'm really, really mad about something or watching a San Francisco 49ers game. That's the only time I, I will let them fly a little bit. And then I have to be like, sorry, Ma. There was one time where <laughs> me and one of my buddies, we wrote a couple of raps together, right? Because we were, you know, we had the instrument. We had like one instrumental beat because yeah. it's not like we were downloading a ton. It was still Dre. I remember it to this day. We had still Dre. Okay. Instrumental. Yeah. We were writing our own little raps to it. Okay. My buddy left the piece of paper that he wrote his rap on on the kitchen island for his mom to come home and see mm. and be flabbergasted at the language that he was using. She called us both in and she was laughing a little bit at it, 
But also, we were a little bit in trouble, and uh, that was one where I wish he just wouldn't have left the piece of paper on the kitchen island. Yeah, that happened to me, too. Uh, my uncle found one. It was on top of his turntable. <laughs> I went to sleep and forgot to get it off before he came in, and he read it. And yeah, I did I did get in trouble for that. How bad did you get it? Did he, did he tell your mom? I had to write, like, a, a little—I think I had to write something. I forget what it was. Oh, those type of little worst. paper or something like that, man, because it was rough. Like, I was saying some rough stuff. Did you just have to write it a bunch over? Like, I will not curse. No. No, it wasn't that. It was. Okay. I forgot what I had to do, but yeah. Fiddy, did you ever have to do that when you had to write something over and over again? Like I, I will not curse price. at the lunch table. Yeah, I mean, not, not not that I can remember of. I was I never cussed in front of my dad. My mom would allow me to say like, "ass damn in hell," but that was the extent of it. I still don't cuss like in front of my 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 grandparents. Like mm-hmm. it's like I I know like when I go into a certain yeah. room mm-hmm. to cut it off, which is you would think I would. Not be able to cuss on the radio, but I get too fired up and yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a glorious day anytime you don't have to have the dump button used on you. Although I say that as a man who just had the most recent dump button on him, <laughs> I, I, who who would have thought out of us three and maybe even just us two between you and me, Fiddy? Because Wes, it's fine. You can understand that. Which who is really, thought between us two. It really breaks my heart. We have not gotten West worked up enough. Where I've had to dump something he said. I get worked up, man. Now, I he'll just... curse, but he just won't commit an FCC violation, yeah, yeah, which is great. Curse. I'm not asking for that, by the way. I hope <laughs> you're not either. Fiddy, because Fiddy would love it. Then it's going to be your fault, because you're the one asking for it. You are the one that controls the dump button, and you need to be Johnny on the spot over there if it happens. You were once. <laughs> yeah. But you need to He'd do it He'd be again. very excited, though, if I did. He would. Just oh, know he yeah. would. That would make his day. He'd probably be one of those that lets it tick all the way down to, like, the last <laughs> second. All right. Well, you know, the problem was when I was with Kyle a few weeks ago when he was talking about, yeah. uh, you know, the alien yes. stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. what he said. when he, Now, he dumped himself. Like, I was in a position because I'm immature. Did he really? Yeah. he Because you have, you have a button over with, 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 with where you're at. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I had doubled over in laughter, so like we were just gonna have to take the fine and eat it. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. I don't think you dumped it though, because I heard it on oh, the radio. May, maybe he didn't. I don't think he did. I know you thought about that. I know Willie said he did. I don't think he did, and I don't even know if he should. That's that's about as fine a line as you can go, because yeah. it references if you use the harsher version, you can't say that, but. That one was a little bit more PG, I guess. Yeah. PG-13. I don't want to... I guess we probably shouldn't explore that territory all that much more, which makes it funnier if you actually use the word and then say, we shouldn't explore that anymore. That'll end it on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's Kyle Bailey with Smoke Ludwig coming up next. We'll be back with you tomorrow from 12 to 3.